You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, it's a countdown in Fab Facts. We've got a tiger on our tails in the randomizer. And Gary Martin ties it all together in part three of three. Oh, that's all coming up in pod 175. Of the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Well, ho- hello. hello. I can even say hello. Uh, well, but still, uh, uh, hello. hello. Oh, dear. Hello. I'm Jamie Anderson. Oh, hello. Uh, and I often say hello, but properly. You do, yes. <laughs> and I'm yes, joined here. It has been known. <laughs> I'm joined here by... Uh, hello, I'm Richard James, and I do say hello properly every week about <laughs> you, this time. You showed me up there, didn't you? Yeah, uh, and over there in the corner, quietly performing interesting manoeuvres, which I think are semaphore. I don't know what he's practising for, but... Uh, He's obviously feeling a bit navel. It's Chris Dale. Uh, also he's certainly known... gazing at his navel. <laughs> it's impressive that he's doing both. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Chris is doing the randomizer later on because he is the randomizer. Uh, True. And he'll join us at the end of this podcast when he's finished yep. doing his semaphore. I don't know who he's sending messages to, but we'll find out later, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what else have we got in this podcast in which I can't even say the word hello? Well, well, thankfully, you won't have to say it again, will you, for the duration of this podcast, at least. So we're over that hurdle. In a surprised exclamation. (laughs) Hello. Hello, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we've got our lovely podstrons, of course, who've been emailing us in at podcast.jerryanderson.com. They've been posting on our Facebook group, so we'll be popping over there as well. Yes, to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons, where if you're listening to this, you can join in as well, simply by joining the group. Uh, We'll be heading on over to Twitter. Where they've been hacking, uh, hacking us. Oh, yes, your us. turn, your Here turn. Here we go. Oh, uh, Jerry Anderson podcast. Uh, and also on YouTube, where they've been commenting on past uh, podcasts and fab facts, etc. But beyond, above and beyond all that, of course, we've got the Jerry Anderson newsy news news news. <laughs> we've got part three of your interview, Jamie, with the wonderful Gary Martin. How interesting was part two? I loved that. So I'm particularly looking forward to this uh, third and I think final part it is the final part uh, of for Gary's Gary's yes interview. yep and we've got of course fab facts coming up any moment now oh I cannot wait mm, uh, so no it's a, it's a plethora of all things Anderson true hopefully I'll manage to put my teeth in before fab facts uh, yes uh, <laughs> now before we go any further Jamie uh, yes firstly let's yeah. skip over the fact that I'm actually recording this in my pyjamas and dressing gown oh are you and let's move straight on to the fact that yesterday I met an actual real-life podsteron in the wild. No way. Yeah, they are out there. How, why and yeah. where? Well, I went to uh, see a show at the theatre last night. Oh, yes. At the Pinter Theatre, the Harold Pinter Theatre in London. And as I went to the door to uh, head on up to the balcony where the cheap seats are, uh, I heard a voice from the chap who was uh, behind his mask checking my tickets. I enjoy the uh, I enjoy the podcast," he said. 
Hello, Isaac. Amazing. Sorry? He said, yeah, yeah, Jerry Anderson podcast. Uh, In fact, you read out an email from me. So that was Tony, who's a listener. So hello, Tony. Amazing. Thanks, Tony. uh, That's great. Yeah. Nice to meet you last night and uh, hope you're still listening, even now. (laughs) You didn't manage to put him off in that instance. (laughs) I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Fantastic. Yeah, isn't that nice? Well, hopefully, as the world opens up more and more, we will meet more and more Podstrons in the flesh. Uh, Exactly. And and hopefully, lots of them at the Jerry Anderson concert (gasps) next year. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Anyway, more yes. of that probably later on. Yep. Of course. I love the fact that you've met one in the wild. Uh, let's hope for many more yeah. of those. But while we wait, how about I fill the void with a fab fact? <laughs> fill the aching chasm of loneliness with a fab fact. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now, time for this week's fab facts. Here to fill the aching chasm of loneliness, was it? Was that what you said? Anyway. <laughs> I think that's think about that, yes. <laughs> it's Fab Facts, where uh, I bring a joyous Fab Fact to you every week from our book of Fab Facts, which I'm going to slap right now. Uh, oh, oh, it's good, That's a it? weighty tobe. It is. Yeah. Uh, I flick through Richard Shouts, Fab at a random point, which, at which point I stop flicking, and I read you the Fab Fact from that page. So, Richard James. Hmm. Yeah. Are you ready with your Fab? Born ready. I'm ready with the facts, so here comes the flick. Fab! <laughs> you heard hey, that last-minute acceleration there, I, uh, yes. just before your fab. Well, <laughs> this is very exciting because this is a countdown fab fact. Okay, great. Five. I don't know. Oh. oh. It more than five. Wait seven. <laughs> You'll have to wait and see. So, okay. Richard James, I'm sure many a time you've wondered which Anderson actor made the most on-camera appearances in any Anderson show. Oh, I have wondered that, yes. I, I bet it's kept you up many a night. <laughs> it has. Well, this fab fact is going to talk you through a top ten list to find out who that actor was. Oh, great. But... I think we need some rules up for up front. So before okay. we start, okay. yeah. let's be clear that this is only actors who have physically appeared on camera in live action in an Anderson show or uh, film. So we right. are not including voice roles in the puppet shows. Okay. So okay. because yeah. otherwise it would be David Graham, wouldn't it? He would. Oh, <laughs> it probably yeah. would. Yes. 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 For every show and all that sort of stuff. So no, David actually doesn't appear on this list. But uh, yeah. there is a nice spread of names here from across the live action universe. And Richard, are you feeling confident that your show might be one of them? Or even your name, perhaps? No, not really. (laughs) Well, (laughs) let's find out, starting at number 10. Whoa! (laughs) In 10th place, it's a six-way tie. (laughs) It'll get less complicated as we go on, I promise. Oh, Uh, good. This six-way tie is between UFO's Dolores Mantez, Space 1999's Clifton Jones and Anton Phillips, and Space Precinct's... Mary Woodfine, uh, uh-huh. David Quilter, oh yeah, and Richard James. Uh, oh, how's uh, that? Well, I'm impressed. So all of those, including your company, your fine yeah. self, Richard, clocked up 23 appearances in their respective shows. Yes. Now, some might argue that being masked and having their <gasps> voices redubbed what might disqualify those space precinct actors from the list. Rubbish. But we say nuts to that. They absolutely <laughs> count. So, Richard James, congratulations on oh. making it to tenth place. Yes. It's just a Thank shame you. that you missed that one episode of Space Precinct because That's otherwise true. you would have made it yes. to ninth. Body and soul wasn't in it. Ah, oh, what true. a shame. So. Yeah. 
in ninth oh, place. Like tenth. Yeah, well, yeah, good, because that, that's yeah. your only appearance in this list, I'm afraid. Uh, in, <laughs> in ninth place, with no Richard James in sight, it's a five-way mm. tie. This time right. between Space 1999's Barry Morse and Space okay. Precinct's Ted Shackelford, Rob Youngblood, Simone Bendix okay. and Jerome Willis. Yeah, okay, so that'll be the 24 episodes, won't Correct. it? Correct, 24, 24 yes. appearances each. Right. Yeah. Right. There's another battle going on for 8th place, this time between Prentice Hancock and Catherine Schell, who both made 25 appearances. Prentice Hancock mm-hmm. appeared in all bar one of the first season of Space 1999, but he made up for that by guest starring in the Protectors two-parter, WAM, or Wham! Ah. Um, while ah. Catherine Schell did the whole second season of Space 1999 and one episode of the first Aha. season. Okay, yeah. So there you go. Uh, Good. In at number seven is someone you might expect to have ranked a bit higher, considering how closely associated they were with the worlds of Anderson. Yeah. It's Ed Bishop. Ed Bishop at number seven. I know, because he was in all 26 episodes of UFO. Oh, yes. Plus Doppelganger. Yes. Plus an episode of The Protectors. Okay. Yeah, so, so 28. He played that really troubled general, probably one, yeah. one of the best performances in The Protectors, I would say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not up against much there. <clears throat> so that's 28 appearances in total for Ed. Right. In sixth place, with 35 appearances, so quite the leap. It's yes. Xenia Merton from Space right. 1999 yes. being in Both Season series. 1 and 2. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, then, in a similar vein, in fifth place, it's Nick yep. Tate. Aha. Uh-huh. Because Nick was in 43 episodes of Space 1999, plus The Day After Tomorrow, oh, slash uh, Into yes. Infinity, that's special. Yeah, that's it. So mm-hmm. there's Nick. Uh, fourth Good. place, it's Mr. Martin Landau. Ah. With 47 episodes of Space 1999. But because he didn't appear in the episode Dorzak, he just missed oh. out on sharing the third place slot where it's another okay. tie. So yeah. in third place, it's Space got to be. 1999's Barbara Bain. Barbara Bain, yeah. And, can yeah. you guess the second person? Oh, crikey. So a similar amount of episodes. And so live action. 48 episodes or more live action. Is it something from The Protectors again? Yes. Oh, gosh. No, go on. Okay, it's the Protectors' Nairi Dawn Porter. Ah! So both Barbara and Nairi Dawn Porter appeared in 48 Uh episodes of Uh their respective shows. Yeah. In second place, it's Robert Vaughan (gasps) for 50 out of 52 episodes of the Protectors. Yeah. Uh, Now you're probably seeing a pattern developing here. Space 1999 and the Protectors regulars are all ranking rather high. So which actor was a regular on both of those shows? Well, in the number one spot, it's Tony Anholt. Tony! I know, you wouldn't expect necessarily, but he appeared in 42 episodes of The Protectors and 23 episodes of Space 1999, giving him a grand total of 65 appearances. Amazing. So, posthumous congratulations to Tony Anholt for making the most appearances in the live-action Anderson universe. (laughs) Fantastic. That's great. Well done. I did enjoy that one. I love a countdown. <laughs> Who doesn't love a countdown? It's very interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it really is. But yeah, it's nice. funny how you, you sort of think, okay, well, live action, it's going to be the leads from yeah. the longest running shows. Yeah, that's um, right. And, but it's not, because they don't no. always appear in all of them. So, uh, But of course, in terms of the... You and I, Jamie, we're well ahead of the game because we are the only two people... Oh, and Chris, of course, the yes. only three people to have appeared in 175 episodes of the Jerry Emerson podcast. Exactly. So if live action sound counts, 
<laughs> and actually, sorry, Tony, we've knocked you off the top spot with 175. Yeah. <laughs> we win. <laughs> well, now we've settled that, I think that's a great yeah. place to leave it. But uh, Absolutely. There you go. What an excellent top 10 list. I hope you've enjoyed it. That brings us to the end of this week's Countdown Fact. I couldn't think of anything, so you win that one. <laughs> I win that one. I'm ahead of the game. Uh, now, you're listening to the Jerry Addison Podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on whichever platform you're listening to us on, and that means that you get a notification every week as soon as every new episode appears, and you might be among the first to hear it. And just like uh, last week, get a little bit ahead of the news as well. Oh, yes. I think there was a, a, a little uh, bit of information that popped out at nine o'clock, I think, last Monday. Yes, yes. You, 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 production, if you but, listen to the, yeah. uh, the, the podcast yeah. on 174, you heard about the documentary three hours yeah. before anybody else. So congratulations. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget, while you're on that platform, you just hit the ratings of the reviews, likes, uh, you know, uh, love it, uh, fantastic button, whatever it is, uh, to let us know how much you enjoy the show the and leave us a review button. and a rating and copy the link into all your socials and maybe your friends will listen too. And maybe yes. I'll bump into them at the theatre. Yeah, that'd be weird. Or maybe I'll bump into them <laughs> at the corner shop or the local <gasps> pub. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it, that's interesting. That would, Now, who has the most local... Podstron, do you think? Oh, have you mean Is Chris? there anyone near you? Yeah. I mean, without giving away that our precise GPS coordinates, yeah, it's tough course. to know, yeah. isn't it? But it is. uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in yeah. the in the valleys of, uh, of yeah, South Wales. I'm sort of in probably a, a greater home counties. Uh, uh, sort of population. Yeah, and Chris is uh, sort of uh, Canterbury way, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Do let us know if you think you're close. Yeah. Don't don't try and track us down or anything. That'd be a bit <laughs> weird. But uh, exactly. we'd love to know if you are around. Yeah. Now we know you're certainly around because you email us in at podcast at jerryanderson.com and here are a few examples. Ed Dutra has got in touch to say hello, Jamie, Richard, and Chris. Just a quick note to express how much I enjoyed Pod One Seven Two. The interview with Lindsay and Justin Lee was terrific. Their obvious enthusiasm and love for the work they do is really inspiring, and it's a shame the interview ended after only four pods. <laughs> only. Uh, Another plus was the return of Space 1999 Series 2 to the randomizer with the Seance Spectre, one of my favourite episodes. Mm. Back when I was a teen in 1975 watching Series 1, I had always felt the show needed to address how the Alphan populace would handle the leadership structure over time. Unfortunately, it took until Series 2 to get there, but I had high hopes when I read the local newspaper's plot synopsis for this episode's premiere. While it ultimately didn't dive as deeply into the issues as I would have liked, the episode was still very entertaining with what I feel was the best meld of action and music in Series 2, especially when Koenig's downed eagle broke free of Torah in a literal and musical explosion. Listening to this episode depicting the effects of isolation on individuals and communities strikes a much deeper chord today, September 2021, when he wrote this, than when I first saw it all those years ago, particularly in the light of what we've been experiencing the past 18 months in the world. Mm. But there's still so much entertainment value in the Seance Spectre and Chris's commentary that I couldn't help but smile listening to its randomizer outing. Keep up the great work. And that's from Ed. Ah, oh, thanks, Ed. Yeah. Wise words indeed. It's funny. Absolutely. That, uh, yeah, things that episodes that we think we know are brought into sharper relief, aren't they, in the context of, uh, as Ed says, they're the last 18 months. And that's, yeah. that's a fantastic example. Changes the lens a bit, doesn't it? 
Yeah. From Mike. Uh, hi, Jamie and Richard. What an absolutely fantastic interview with Justin and Lindsay Lee. Do they fancy a pint? Haha. <laughs> Probably, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I could listen to them for hours. I must say, as a Kickstarter contributor to Thunderbirds 1965, the show went beyond my greatest imagination. What they gave us as a community was a truly superb rework, utterly flawless in design and execution, and the only thing since the original that can be considered as proper Thunderbirds. Oh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I would agree with that magnificent job finally for now uh, this is from david j barry who says hi jamie richard and chris picture the scene it's wednesday 7th of october i have a few days break from work in london and i'm spending them with my better half at sundials our home in the republic of ireland nice it's 0928 and i'm hovering close to the keyboard waiting for 10 a.m to order my vip tickets for stand by for action nice when the electric goes off no this is far from a rare event for us when it comes to mains power living in ireland can feel like living in a third world country <laughs> should i fire up the generator should i risk trying to book over the mobile network iffy at the best of times 10 a.m comes and i'm out in the rain trying to get a consistent mobile signal i get as far as selecting front row circle seats when something goes wrong oh, no. and all i have is a blank white screen no then as if by magic mains power is back and i'm back in the dry with tickets booked Hooray. thank you to the heroes at esb networks for coming to the rescue your fab on the day of the concert it will be just four days until my retirement after which i will be living in the republic full time so excellent timing jamie kind regards to you all david j barry ps looking forward to doppelganger on the randomizer Oh, yeah. Mm. I suppose that'll come up at some point, won't it? Yeah. Uh, well, that's great, David. I'm glad you managed to get your tickets. Uh, lots of you have managed to get your tickets so far, which is great. Yes. I know it's a long way out. And with the sure. world as it is, there's a little bit of uncertainty. But uh, I do hope we'll see lots of you at the concert. Yeah. Um, it's just... Yeah. It's nice it's to have something... Stuff. Yeah. Something positive on the horizon, isn't it? That's, that's I think, the, uh, oh, the overwhelming yeah. and sense. The, and there'll be a great way for all the postrons to get together as well. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So there we are. I've got a, a few more a little later on, along with some tweets and some Facebook posts, etc. as usual. Amazing. I look forward to seeing mm. all of those things, or hearing them, mm. in fact. I can't see them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, just as well in my dressing gown. In, in my mind is where I'll see them. Uh, not that, though. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, I think it's time we went on to the Jerry Anderson news, don't you? <laughs> oh, news, 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 news. Yeah, here we go. Yes, it is the Jerry Anderson... Um, newsy, news, news, news. Yeah, yep. it is. Correct. Which is always a source of great joy, isn't it? Yes. Isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Good. Yeah, come on then. Okay, fine. The Thunderbirds calendar is go <gasps> for pre-orders. Yes. Um, we uh, launched that last week and it's glorious. 12 amazing new pictures from the incredibly talented and very lovely... Chris Thompson, with new stories written by uh, a bunch of the guys, um, sort of giving you the background to each image. It's rather marvellous, and uh, I think you're going to love it. So do please pre-order it, uh, if you can, from the Jerry Anderson store, shop.jerryanderson.com. It'll be delivered to you mid to late November, or possibly very early December if you are overseas. Yeah. Um, but it'll be with you fairly soon. Uh, UFO comic fans... You may have oh. seen us talk about this upcoming anthology release of all of the countdown comics from the 1970s. Well, 
highly anticipated by the comic loving community and UFO fans. If you look in your inbox today, the day of release, hopefully if you are a UFO fan, uh, and we, we measure that by if you bought something UFO from the store before, you should have oh, yeah. a survey in your inbox. Just a couple of questions to make sure that we are doing the best possible job on this upcoming release. It's pretty marvellous. I've seen the proofs of it. It's uh, it's a stunning collection and so nice to see all of those strips collected in, in one volume. I should add it is the first of two volumes, the second volume nice. coming out next year. It's a, been a real labour of love from the team behind it, so uh, do answer those questions if you get the survey and let us know what you think. Uh, if you're a Space 1999 fan, then finally, the Commander's Logbook is coming this week. Right, great. It's it, it's uh, just it's a notebook, basically, but it's it's a feel as if it would belong on the desk of Commander Koenig, essentially. Oh, fantastic. So you can feel like Koenig yourself. It's got a kind of... Yep very 70s brown sort of leatherette um nice. debossed cover Moonbase nice. alpha logo and all the pages and it's just a iconic top yeah exactly with badges. exactly yeah. you see Brilliant. it's kind love of it, like just it. a nice thing to have i've got mine yeah. here uh, and actually very soon i think probably next week we'll we've got the international rescue version coming out for uh, international oh. rescue field agents nice if you're feeling celebratory celebratory or both <laughs> yeah the latter i think yes. <laughs> yes i don't know why why it's this funny thing where i can't say hello or celebratory uh fireball xl5's 59th anniversary is on the 29th of october in fact the 28th of october <gasps> i can't say dates wow. either today and um the blu-ray the special edition blu-ray from network should i think be out by then so you should be able to enjoy that in hd for the anniversary uh, it will be available very shortly from the Jerry Anderson store. We're giving Network their pre-order window, and then you'll be able to get it from exactly. us directly. But it's a glorious set, really, really lovely, and some fantastic extras on there, including <gasps> a 21 minutes of adventure. Actually, it's 28 minutes of adventure. Is um, it? Yes, starring oh. uh, Mark Silk as Steve Zodiac, uh-huh. Genevieve yeah. Gaunt as Dr. Venus, oh. Nick Briggs as Matt Matic, yeah. And me as Robert the Robot. Of course. Of course. <laughs> and it's <laughs> great fun. It's really yeah, great fun. I hope brilliant. you'll enjoy it. And there should be a, an extra feature on that CD as well with a bit of a making or a bit of a discussion from us. There's Chris yep. Thompson's amazing Robert the Robot animation on there. Um, Robots yeah. in Distress, which is fantastic. You're going to love it. It's a brilliant set. So um, do grab it. And whether you grab it from Network or from us, um, you're going to enjoy it regardless. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, before I forget... Big Finish oh, yeah. have announced yeah. Earthbound, which is the uh, second volume, third volume of Space yes. 1999, second volume. Mm-hmm. Rather glorious cover on there, obviously treading some new ground and some old ground. Uh, obviously okay. having read the scripts and stuff, hmm, I think yeah. you're going to be pleasantly and unpleasantly oh. surprised. Ooh, oh. <laughs> it's, really, oh it's really interesting. Controversy. No, it's, ah. it's a, but it's a really brilliant set. Again, uh, Nick and, and the team have done an amazing job. Uh, and yeah. it's going to be marvellous so you can pre-order that from Big Finish now now there is no special edition of this version there's no special okay. edition of this volume we uh, we offered a volume 1 special edition and yeah. I think Space 1999 audio fans voted with their feet and their wallets that that was fair not enough. what they wanted which is fair absolutely enough. fair enough so yeah. we're not doing it for this one no okay uh, so just you can get it from Big Finish or again from the Jerry Anderson store in due course great and finally, I'm afraid that the very naughty Zelda from Terrorhawks oh. has been doing her worst. She's been oh, at what, it again. What's she done now? Well, I don't think she was very happy with her likeness in the mask right. uh, that we offered for Halloween. And unfortunately, okay. she has somehow manipulated things here on Earth. 
mm. so that uh, logistics and shipping and air <gasps> freight have become a complete oh, nightmare. Uh, yes, sadly, yes. between the time that we planned and ordered these masks and now, yeah. Uh, yeah. air freight costs have increased by a thousand percent. So we cannot Crazy. get the masks over by air uh, and oh. for them to be viable. So they will yeah. be going by sea, which yes. is equally problematic right now, but uh, actually means that we can still uh, make them affordable at the customer end. So if you've ordered yeah. yours and you were desperate to have it for Halloween, then please mm. email support at jerryanson.com and Tim and Louise will arrange a refund for you. If you're oh. happy to wait, sit tight. Yeah. It'll be with yeah. you as soon as we can get it. I don't have a date, but I suspect it's going to be early in the new year, realistically, with the way the world is right now. Yeah, um, gosh. We are doing our utmost to uh, work our way around that kind of thing and not rely on very distant manufacturing and all that kind of thing but it's just it's just a new it's new ground really it's it a, really it's, is. it's yep. a strange new world uh, but yeah, we indeed. are working on manufacturing as much as we can in, in the uk or very nearby in the european union so fingers crossed we won't have too many more of those but i'm very sorry if you did order one and are disappointed by the lack of presence of zelda for wow. Halloween. Gosh, I mean, it's a common story, isn't it? I'm sure everyone who's listening to the news here in the UK will understand, and probably around the world, actually, that this is happening everywhere. It is happening everywhere, yes. Yeah. I know, and I saw an article from The Entertainer, uh, the toy store today, saying basically there are going to be shortages at Christmas because yes. all this stuff is happening. It's just maybe yeah. you're, you you haven't been on the receiving end of it or the, or the not receiving end of it yet. Uh, yeah, so, yes, right. but we'll keep doing our best and we'll keep you informed. Uh, if there are any pre-orders you've got outstanding, then we do our best to keep you updated based on on the latest freight updates. Uh, all very boring. Don't want to hear about too much logistics stuff, but we will keep yeah. you informed. There you go. But there's yes. other great stuff going on. The calendar. Obviously the documentary. Um, yes. I'm going to be shooting uh, this week, actually, uh, a big block of interviews. So ah. Ben, the director, and I may do some Instagram Lives or something uh-huh. similar. So look out for behind the scenes of that. Uh, is it uh, is it nice to be able to talk to, about it now, oh. now that it's out in the open? You can actually oh. let us I, in on a few I'm more details. Sort of, I'm so practised at not speaking about it. I sometimes forget <laughs> yeah. that I now can speak That's about right. it. That's right. Um, yeah. Because there's so much in this documentary that you you won't have heard before, you know. Yeah. You may think, oh, it's well trodden. Everyone's we've all heard those stories. Uh-huh. Before. No, you haven't heard these stories. Yeah. Uh, and you'll yeah. see Anderson Productions in a, in a new light, hearing uh, yeah, hearing the stories I'm that we're sure. going to tell in this documentary. And of course, next year, 16th of April, 2022. Yeah. Stand by yep. for action. It's oh, the yeah. Jerry Anderson yeah. concert. Right. Jerry Anderson in concert. Uh, we do hope you'll join us there. Tickets are selling pretty pretty quickly, actually. They are, um, I noticed, yes. Bearing in mind how far away it is. So we don't want you to Absolutely. miss out. I'm not going to hurry you. And I know some people won't want to make a decision until, you know, a month or two before. Mm. Uh, but yeah. just, you know, forewarned is forearmed. We'd love to see you there. It's going to be amazing. And we've got some great casting announcements casting? to talk about soon. Yeah. Oh, Anyway, okay. more on that in due course. But for now, I need a uh, glug of coffee. That is the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news. That was the news. Oh, perfect timing for me to have a glug. Thank you very that was much. Long enough for you, was it? Yes, big glug. Good. Thanks. Now, talking about Standby for Action, hi, Jamie, Richard and Chris. I'm delighted to say that I've got my ticket for Standby for Action booked as soon as they were available. I'd love to meet up with fellow Podstrons before the show, but no longer being on Facebook or Twitter, I fear I'd not get to hear of any arrangements. I know it's six months away. But I'd be grateful if you could have a think about how any meetup might be publicised to those of us not in the Facebook group. If they'd have us, that is. Many thanks. Best wishes. Phil Steer. 
Ah, the Phil Steer podcast. Of course, Phil. We'll let you know. Yes, nearer the time. I'll keep an eye on the Facebook group uh, and uh, I'll mention it here on the, on the podcast where people might be meeting. You know, it'd be great to get as many of us together as possible, whether you're in the group on Facebook or not. Doesn't matter. If you're listening, you're a podster on and we'd love you to all get together and uh, join us for a drink or two. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Well, Richard, I think we, I think we should probably do a, a live podcast recording, to be honest. <gasps> Um, we are talking to potential venues for that. Um, might be on the Friday or the Saturday. Probably not the Sunday. I imagine we yeah, might go for a couple a of busy. beers afterwards. Yeah, after yeah, the yeah. concert, I mean. So uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. So um, nice. Yeah, Podstrons pencil in fifteenth or sixteenth of April, twenty twenty-two, in Birmingham, and hopefully we'll do a live podcast recording and a little get together afterwards. Brilliant. And finally, on the email front, uh, Ian got in touch to say, Hi, Richard and Jamie. I've finally received my Five Star Five CD, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yes. He says, well done to all involved in the production, especially to Richard for the writing. Well, thank you very much, Ian. A quick question. The cover art for the box, was it based on any existing artwork, or is it all original? Uh, It's all original by Marcus Stamps, our very brilliant designer. One of our very brilliant designers, designers yeah. I should say. Yeah. He, obviously, he had the the story and the outline and the synopsis and a yeah. list of characters and stuff. So some of it's based on that. But uh, no, it's yeah. all original. Yeah, and lovely stuff it is too. Ian also says, I'm also enjoying Secret Service. I'm 62 and seeing it for the first time. I just love the quality of production. I know it's a strange concept, but I just love it. And I think Jamie is completely wrong about Joe 90. Yeah. Well... We'll have to agree to disagree then. Yeah, Ian says you have to see it from a nine-year-old's perspective. I was nine at the time it first aired. Who wouldn't want to be an astronaut or a fighter pilot at that age? That was the target audience. Keep up the great work. Regards from Ian. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You see, I, I was probably eight or nine when I first saw Joe 90. And even mm. then, I was like, oh, no. But um, that's I was watching Doctor Who yeah. and I was thinking, yeah, yeah. I want to travel with this this old yeah. man essentially yeah, who can show right. me the universe so I, you know I was looking elsewhere rather than being the hero maybe that's how it works maybe it's about yeah. opportunities to be the hero or not be the hero or be with the hero hmm. maybe that's the difference yeah very are you, interesting are you a doctor or are you a companion Ooh. yeah that's the thing isn't it yeah that's yeah. for a whole other podcast that's not even our remit is it no no so somebody, really somebody else on Doctor Who podcast time. talk about that yeah that's right uh, that's all for now but do get in touch uh podcast at jerryanderson.com and i'll read out your emails next time but uh, a little later on we'll be heading over to our facebook group to read out some posts there hurrah now yeah. richard james yeah i think we need a, a little break from you and i chatting go well, to be nice. me, and, me and somebody else chatting. <laughs> oh i see yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry podstrons but you've got more of me but if you listen to the first two parts of the interview with gary martin you will probably have fallen in love with his glorious silky bassy voice oh yes And you'll know that he loves to tell a story. He's a great storyteller. And uh, he's got even more for us in part three of three of the chat we had. So without further messing around, here's Gary Martin, part three of three. So he did a few few ads and bits and pieces and and obviously kept in touch. Because then when it came round to making the the CGI test for new Captain Scarlet, that obviously got back in, in touch. Was that did. an auditioning thing? Or was that big, was that based off the fact that you'd done the Scarlet Toys? I, uh, maybe because think? I based the, uh, the Scarlet Toys. Um, when I look back at it, I haven't seen it for a, a little while now. And my performance of Captain Black was too young. 
mm. uh, my, my voice for it. I should. I don't know why I had the capabilities of making it, but maybe I was a bit awe-inspired with Ed Bishop and Francis Matthews. I don't know, being the originals and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, so I was happy with the, the voice of the Mistrons at the beginning, um, but I think I should have... I should have aged him up a little bit more and this should have been a side to him that you weren't too sure about. And that, that came down to, to, to my, my fault for that, really. But uh, it was a good, a good CGI. And yeah. uh, I, I remember, was very impressive for the time, and it looks lovely. Very, very. Oh yes, I mean, there was the whole car crash and the the, the, the graveyard at the beginning. Yes. with the voice of the Mister on. I remember uh, going along with Jerry, and, and he said, "Come along," and we saw it somewhere in in Wardour Street in a preview theatre. And uh, yeah, it was MPC probably. Yes, it probably would have been there, and we watched it two or three times with with some clients, and uh, and they all seemed very happy with it. But uh, yeah, the, the story it went to go on. I did actually do a test for that and that was a strange one that's i auditioned i think at pinewood it could have been elstree but i, I the director at the time got me to do the voice of the mistrons to a mic which was about eight feet away from me uh you know like a like an, an adr mic yeah and it's just difficult to get the bass voice this is the voice of the Mr. Rons. We know. you could, it, it was, uh, And maybe that's why I, I didn't get the part. I don't know. But um, I'm, gl- I'm glad he did do another series. Um, did that series do well? The new Captain Scarlet? Didn't do as well as I'd hoped. Had all sorts of distribution problems. It got broken up on a Saturday morning kids show called Ministry of Mayhem. Oh. Uh, shown, shown in the wrong order. Titles chopped off. And Dad oh. was really... Oh. extremely unhappy about how that was uh, that was dealt with but it's you know we managed to track down the hd masters and it is it is out on blu-ray and it is out on amazon prime and all that now so it's yes it's getting the recognition or more of the recognition it's there. but we we put a free episode on you on youtube a couple of weeks ago for captain scarlet day and um so many people there saying how how did i never hear about this yes and that just shows how, how poorly distributed and marketed it was. What a shame. By TV, so. What a shame. CGI was great from what I saw oh, of it. it. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's, it stands up relatively well now compared to a lot of stuff that was coming out at the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I'm, I'm glad there's no there's no Mr. Onized sour grapes there, um, Gary. Because no, it must be no. must always be a bit of a a thing when you've been working with somebody for a long time not to then get not a part for something. Totally. But you, you as you get older, nothing's it's owed. Job. It's not owed. It's it's you know you're right for it. You're not right for it. It's mm. it's you know I, I I've, it was a pleasure working with, with Jerry on, on the occasions that I did. I, I even remember coming along to. I think there was a meet and greet with uh, with the Thunderbirds guys, and your dad asked me to come along and, and, and talk to some of the fans. And I met uh, David Graham, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, and and obviously Shane was there, and I think somebody else was there. And I remember speaking to your dad, saying, "Look, I hope you don't mind. I, I shouldn't possibly be on this stage. I shouldn't be going on the stage with you because these can be wanting the." the real voice, not the people impersonated it. And I, I think he thought, he sort of thought about it. He said, yeah, probably carry you. You're probably right. I think I still got paid for the day. But I didn't, I, I, they needed the real, you know, Scott Tracy and they needed the real Virgil and the real, you know, and D- David Graham. Wow, what is he now, 91? 96. 96. He's just turned 96. What? And he was in the original XL Fireball, XL Fireball. And 
four, four was it four what was the one before four for the falls four yeah. for the falls what i've only worked with him a couple of times before but he he, he turns up and he's he's still got the energy to uh oh yeah to do it uh pepper he's pig i think he's in that as well and something else it's yes ben and holly little kingdom yeah, he's, yeah. he does all that stuff still I, it, it keeps him i think it's yeah the good reason for not working behind a desk he keeps his head is is alive with new things to do and uh, he's, he's a lesson to us all he really is yeah no, that generation of actors are really inspiring actually him and denise Breyer and co just amazing yes so since that era gary you've done lots of stuff you've done a couple of gigs for for me for various things mm-hmm. you've done uh, some excuse my dogs barking in the background <laughs> uh you've done some big finish stuff obviously you carry on doing your movie voices what what's what are you up to currently that you're allowed to talk about or stuff that you can hint about i can hint about well i Warhammer seemed to like me for some of their characters and mm-hmm. uh, I, I can mention this character because he's been in a few of them he's going to be in a, a new one soon called Grimgore I have been working on a film um, started a, a few months ago in fact it's called Tad the Explorer it's very it's very Disney-esque it's uh, it is made in by a Spanish animation company but it uh, it's recorded in English first then dubbed in Spanish it, yeah. it's going to be a bit it's the third in this Tad the Explorer series and if you get chance and we get a chance to look at it on or look at the old ones on um, YouTube, uh, the animation is, is is tremendous. A few other, quite a lot of games. Games seem to be the flavour. Yeah, and I'm going to do one next week. Lots of promos, lots of trailers, ads. I'm doing a couple of ads for what have I got now? High Five, which is for Copperberg, and something else for oh Lego. Now Lego is huge. Yeah, and the um, Lego Mythica. So I'm doing okay. that. So, and this is all in my my little box at home. I do go into town. I think since March of of, of last year, I've been in nine times. So wow. it is it, it, technology has kind of grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and shook me a little bit. And so, my son, thank goodness, has put everything in here, so I can work pretty much anywhere. I used to use ISDN, but now mm. that's all. All gone. It's now Source Connect, Don't need it. Session yeah. Link Pro. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm doing most of my work from home. Yes, you miss you miss the, the camaraderie a little bit. Totally. But you know, it, it is what it is, and I'm I'm glad to be working. If I'd been in a West End show when all this terrible situation happened, I, I'd been in a lot of trouble. You know, no mm. following for them. Some of them have had to. I've got a friend who. Had to go with Deliveroo. Somebody had worked for, get a van and work for uh, for some delivery company. Um, it's it's been hard. So I am grateful to be working, and I just hope I carry on. It's kind of, um, it's yeah. It's I don't really look at it as a job quite so much these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it hopefully most of it is quite fun. Most of it, um, you get the yeah. occasional one, you know, but they're they're few and far between. Yeah. And you and you can pick which ones you want to do. Something you look at something, you think, mm, nah, that's a corporate. I don't fancy that. You know. <laughs> and yet you still said yes to doing the podcast, Gary. So yes, I'm obviously I grateful know, for that. It's okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, Gary. If people want to find out what you're up to or follow you online, is there, are there any? Are you, are you on social media? Do you do you do I, Twitter or anything like that? I, or, I don't. Is there do, a website? I try to cut lot of that down. I used to do it at Facebook when I thought, mm, I've given that one a miss for a while. But I'm on Instagram on Gary Martin Vox. I've got my website, which is garymartin.co.uk, and there's a trailer version on that. There's actually something which, if you get a chance to listen to, Jamie, it's uh, on the About page, and it's, I think you probably need to listen to it. It's, it starts off talking about slow-mo, and it's a quiz game. 
and it's it's and they all start talking about Jerry Anderson. So that's on my on my okay. website, um, and everybody knows we've got IMDb's and stuff. Yeah, and I'm just gonna carry on doing it. I will put updates as I do them on Instagram, and hopefully get into a series maybe next year. I, I'm I'm doing a preschool series. Um, I'd like to do maybe more of an action series. That would be fun. I did do something. Was Big Fish Finish involved with? Oh, I played librarian in uh, Prisoner. Prisoner Zero. Prisoner Zero. That's right. Yeah. Did you see that? I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, You've yeah. Seen it's, it? on, it's on Netflix, I think, isn't it? It's on Netflix. Yes, it was on. Is it still on? Okay, that's I think good. It, well, it certainly was. Yeah. Did, did you? It's very anime. Yeah, it is extremely it, anime. Yeah. So no, f- funnily enough, I know the commission, the commissioner now, who I'm doing some other bits and pieces with. Hopefully, so yeah, it's a, it's a small world, and you can't escape it. You can't. No. <laughs> and we, we connected up with Australia, and uh, and I played, um, I played the librarian. I played him. Uh, oh, I played him a little bit like this. Oh, it was. I, I stole it from from John Gilgood from Arthur. Lovely. Oh, I suppose you wanted me to wash your d- for you little sh. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm dying. Yes. So, um, a, a story, I will have to tell you this story. Maybe it'll make you laugh. Maybe it won't. I, one thing I've learned is if you're going to do a voice, sometimes don't mention who you're imitating. Otherwise, it could get into trouble. Because mm. um, many years ago, I did this thing called Bob and Kika. And they said, it's going to be National Geographic. It's going to be big, big man, little girl traveling the world on a train, on a plane. And uh, he's a bit slow. She has all the ideas. He asks a question and she tells him. And I was thinking, what voice can I come up with? National big bloke and a little girl. It feels a bit odd. So I said, I'll tell you what. And you're going to work this out. I said, I'm going to do it. Brian, bless it. Yes. Oh, Kika, no. Really? Yes, and 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 Gary, you're brilliant. You've got it. You've got it. You got it. And then I heard nothing. And I think you can guess this. I went along to do a film with Rick Mail and something like that. And I said, "Whatever happened with that job?" And she said, "Oh, you were great. I didn't get it." So, oh, we gave it to uh, Brian Blessed. (laughs) So, fifty-two episodes, I missed out. I just. So the thing is, not to mention it. um, I don't know. It's strange when I do adverts now. I can. I can mention characters I'm going to impersonate. I say, should we do it a bit like this? And uh, everybody's so young nowadays. They go, who's that? You're kidding me. Who's that? Uh, Oh, God. I remember talking about Kenny Everett about 15 years ago. I did a lot of work with Kenny Everett. And I remember going down to the BBC and going down to the the depths of the old BBC, the dome one. And this is about 20 years ago. And I, I said to this young lady who was taking me into the studio said oh my god i said this studio over here i did the whole series of kenny everett there and she said she looked at me and thought you don't know who kenny Everett is it's okay this was 20 years ago and then i went into the studio and the studio and engineer was there and i, I think i was doing for something uh, for a rerun of a lower low or something and uh, so i said oh, that was embarrassing i was just speaking to that the young lady coming out there and i mentioned kenny everett and i said and well, i'd worked with him and I suddenly looked in their eyes and they didn't know who he was either. I'm amazed by that. And, and, and this is the BBC ago. 20 years yeah. ago. And then he says, Oh, yes, I think I do remember him. How can, how can people forget this man? I don't know. It's yeah. such, such a shame. But uh, you do have that moment of feeling old. It's, if you, if you'd say, I'm okay, I'm going to do George Sanders, who you probably, you know, he did the original voice of Shere Khan in, um, in Jungle mm. Book. So now I would say, I'll do a Jeremy Irons. 
rather than a dish because it's, it's yeah. going back a bit too far you've got to update your references Gary I will I will <laughs> it's, you, when you're doing stuff for things like you know Sony or horror or they, they've got an old film and they're showing it and you're going that's Robert Mitchum that's uh, you know Kirk Douglas I don't think they know who they are and that is that's an age thing isn't it really but I th- sometimes think that the audience would like to know that Kirk Douglas was in it, or Robert Mitchell was in it, or Edward G. Robinson was in it. But you do, as you said, I can see you in your eyes now. You're looking at me thinking, he's so much older than I thought he was. Who are they? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm you don't ha- look it, Gary. Yeah, <laughs> through a fireman's blanket. <laughs> you're, you're, no, I, I don't. I suppose these are things that you just learnt as a, as a as a child, and you, they stick with you, and you remember, mm. and you play um, homage to them. It's 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 fabulous time. You but remember the all these names because you you do homework on these things. I know. Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, for our audience, you say Shane Rimmer or David Graham or Ed mm-hmm. Bishop or Martin Landau or any of these names, and they mean something. But the wider audience, maybe not. But that's why we do things like this: is to, you know, reach a new audience, keep people excited and involved, and uh, and they can look them up, get them to watch. Yeah, exactly. You, you look- go. Who's this Gary Martin bloke? Oh, he was slow-mo. Oh, amazing. I love Space Breezy. There you go. Hours of fun. Well, not hours of fun. A few minutes of fun now. And then looking at IMDb and going, I wonder what he's doing now. And then you go off on a track of, he worked with him. He did this. She did this. It's dangerous. It's amazing. It's amazing. So hopefully uh, listeners will be doing that. Exactly. Go off and play uh, play on IMDb and see what connections you can find yeah. uh, from, from Gary out to Kenny Everett. It shouldn't take too many steps. Um, mm-hmm. Gary, it's been brilliant chatting. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, I, I'm sure I waffled on a bit and I can... <laughs> but that's, that's what you do when you're stuck at home in your own studio. <laughs> that is the point of a podcast. <laughs> you're a good man. Jamie, it's been a pleasure. And uh, I hope uh, everybody out there, I wish them well. And uh, I hope you like the the podcast. Sure they do. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. Oh, lovely, Gary. Well, what a nice chat. Yeah, great. Yeah, well done you for finding all these people, Jamie. It's amazing. Uh, Every it's week. Not, not me, not me. Uh, kudos uh-huh. to Ben Page, producer Ben Page, who um, well brings done, all these things together. Thanks, Ben. But no, Gary's great. If you want to find out more about Gary, go to garymartin.co.uk or you can find him on various social media platforms at garymartinvox. That's V-O-X. Now, Gary confirmed something for me in last week's uh, interview, part two. I always thought slow-mo was a bit Dustin Hoffman. Yes. And there it was. And he said he that's said the that origin. That Dustin, yeah, was absolutely an inspiration for the voice. Yeah, so uh, interesting. Amazing, well yeah. observed. Yeah. Uh, now, if you're on Facebook, do head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups slash podstrons yes. joining the fun with our lovely podstron community they have quizzes and they have uh, episode reviews and watches together and they post up their art and their cosplay and their toys and their merch and uh, their little competitions and questions as well for example john wood asked okay tough one what did spa stand for in space police uh, i sense it was the equivalent of fab and sig to which tom hodden of course responds space police attending Shane's pretty awesome, which I quite like, uh, or something podly eight, which is also quite nice. And here's a rude one, so I'll have to be very careful here. Ooh. And you might be able to put a beep here. Stop effing around. <laughs> <laughs> you may or may not want to include that one. Uh, but yes, I remember it being space police affirmative, but I don't think that's ever mentioned anywhere in any of the uh, the scripts. Yeah, space police affirmative was definitely mm. the origin of it. Um, yep. I'm more than happy to confirm that. 
Yeah, oh, well, there we are. Uh, now, Steve Andy Rogers has been uh, continuing his polls. Uh, for example, if Anderson Entertainment only had one option, which of these would you like to see made? And he offered various options. Uh, the top two turned out to be a Captain Scarlet live-action remake and a new Stingray CGI remake. Oh, interesting. Yeah, isn't it? I can see both of those. Obviously, we've spoken about Captain Scarlet live-action before and people's dream casting and so on. Yeah. But a new CGI Stingray. Very interesting. That'd be brilliant. I would have yeah. thought that uh, Space or UFO would have featured more highly. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I think it may have been Supermar- oh, yeah, Supermarination. Oh, Supermarination yeah, yeah, That would explain uh, it then. <laughs> that's it. Mark Perkins says, I just noticed how the IAC Space Observatory in the Forbidden Planet isn't that far removed from Thunderbird 5. And he posted a picture, and he's quite right too. Uh, Emma Nichols says, I've just seen that the horror channel number 70 on Freeview here in the UK is going to show UFO on the 20th of October. Hooray. Yeah. Hannah says, this Zelda mask looks fantastic. Unfortunately, this, of course, uh, follows on from the news earlier about uh, the delays to, to the mask. But yeah. she says, I think what we need next is a SRAM mask. Oh, that's even more uh, niche. Yeah, she says, uh, uh, but it'd be great if it could open its mouth and actually roar. I've seen that happen with a Star Wars Chewbacca mask. When you move the mouth and the mask makes a roaring sound. Yes, that's it. I, I'm, I'm, that might be beyond our remit, but uh, you never know. Never say never. <laughs> yeah. Just a couple more. Rob Doyle says, well, I'm on day five of my COVID isolation. Still feels like a bad head cold and I've lost my sense of smell. Well, poor you, Rob. Hope you're feeling better soon. Yeah. Uh, I have on the plus side, he says, caught up on some uh, reading and going through the Jerry Anderson series pilots. The next one up is uh, Thunderbirds Trapped in the Sky. I watched the Region 1 Shout Factory Blu-ray and wow, it looks amazing in HD. So much detail and in the right ratio mm. uh, i never noticed the masks at the bottom of the hood spinning statue at first i thought they were decapitated heads oh. mm. uh he says stingray has always been my favorite supermarination show and i always thought there wasn't much of a step up in production between the shows i was wrong the level of detail is extraordinary the sets clothing and the vehicles make you feel like you're in a fully fleshed out world mm. the extra runtime really benefits the story and give some proper time for character development and time to ramp up the action, which is exciting and fun. The whole concept of international rescue is just so well realised. It's a 9 out of 10 show and 10 out of 10 for the Blu-ray transfer. I just hope the Stingray Blu-ray looks as good when we finally get it. Yeah, well, mm. fingers sure crossed. That is interesting, isn't it? We tend to think of those supermarination shows. Obviously, they were from the same stable and from a sort of certain period of time, but they do change and develop. Uh, from series to series, don't they? And obviously improve. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, huge amount of evolution and, and yeah. technical progression. But, you know, that, I think, you know, obviously it's a huge team effort and lots of people bringing mm. together their amazing skills. So it's not to pin it on one one person. Sure. But I do think, that, you know, Dad should get a lot of credit for, you know, forcing that technical innovation and wanting to, to, things to be better and better between each show. It was very much yeah. his, his way. And it really shows on screen. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, you compare... Uh, supercar to Thunderbirds. It's, yes, oh god! And amazing, you, you'd never know that only half a decade separates them. Yeah, that's extraordinary. And finally, Alex Pass posted, I must have missed the Tell Jamie post a couple of weeks ago, so I better throw out my own, Hey Jamie, you're awesome. Oh, I was, I was just getting ready for a, to brace myself for a <laughs> telling off then or something, but that's great, thank yeah. you very much. And then in brackets, he says those other fellas are pretty cool as well. So there we are, they thank are. you Alex right. Pass and everyone uh, for posting on our Facebook group. Please do pop over and join in, they're, they're a really lovely bunch of people and uh, be great to see them all next year, hopefully. Absolutely, best podcast listeners on the internet, I would say. True, yep, fact. Yeah, so if you're listening, that's you. Now, Chris has been 
I don't know whether he's trying to flag someone down or communicate something to somebody in the distance, but he seems to have packed away his funny little flags now. Yes. What was that all about then? I mean, I guess we'll never yeah. know. I, I wish I'd learned no. semaphore now. Uh, yes. Yeah. Perhaps Chris will tell us at some point later, maybe even on Twitter, will let us know what the semaphore was all about. But uh, now he's done. Chris, <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, okay. Put those flags down. Yeah, okay, here he comes. Yes. He's going to come over and press the big red button on the randomizer, which will choose a random Jerry Anderson episode, and he'll say some fun and interesting things about it. So, Chris, over to you. Okay, okay, so I broke into Hawknest, but I swear I haven't done anything else naughty. You know, aside from that. I don't buy it. I don't buy any of it. Why do you assume everything he says is a lie? Because that's the safe option. What about fair play? What about justice? What about me letting you press the button on the randomizer today, Tiger? Well, I'll tell you. I'm ready. Just let me add it. Oh, see, that was easily resolved. Uh, Zero, is he, is he feeling all right? He do look a bit pale. <laughs> hmm. Okay, Tiger, let's see what you've got us today. Ah, okay. Well, it's not a Terrorhawks episode. Space, fire, and damnation. Uh, but it is still a quality episode from a quality show with some quality explosions. To match the fire in my eyes. Uh, well, maybe. Here's Joe 90, Attack of the Tiger. This is going to be a good one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Joe 90 on the randomizer. <sighs> and here we are opening with a WAN agent played by Captain Oka. He's uh, keeping an eye on a seemingly, uh, well, ordinary bit of uh, jungle desertish terrain. But, uh-oh, some rocks are sliding away. There's a sort of installation slash base slash lots of guns everywhere slash kind of thing. For we are in the Eastern Sector, and this is an Eastern Alliance base. And there's a warhead rocket thingy being uh, raised into position. I love this old uh, supercar jungle music, by the way, here. I love the way this is uh, used. I love the way this episode generally uses music from old shows. So it is true. Yeah, there it is. Our rocket is now in vertical position. Oh, lots of cannons being uh, put into position all over the place. That's enough for Oka. He's getting out of there, but he's left his monoculars behind. Which is, uh, you know, if you're a highly trained WIN agent, the first thing you do is don't leave your stuff behind when you go near an enemy base because enemy bases have cameras. And uh, Captain Brown... Amagato! Amagato! Yep, he spotted those, uh, those binoculars. We're going to close everything down for a while. Lock away all those guns. Close up that missile complex. Because the hunt is on for Captain Oka. 
So we're back from the opening titles, and yeah, I know it's not really Captain Ochre, it's just the Captain Ochre puppet, but uh, it is hard when you see those identifiable Scarlet puppets appear in later shows not to think, oh yeah, it's that guy. And um, I think probably the Ochre puppet was the most often reused in later shows. Certainly he would get far more prominent roles than, say, Magenta or... Um, Scarlet, blue, white, they would get occasional guest appearances. Ochre seems to be consistently one of the most reused, uh, if not the most reused, puppet from the Captain Scarlet regulars, which is nice if you're a Captain Ochre fan like me. Anyway. He's now being chased into the, uh, the woods by these soldiers. Um, this is WIN Agent Fez. Uh, that the Ochre Puppet is playing here. It's confusing as well because there's another very similar episode around this time that also has the Ochre Puppet playing a WIN agent voiced by the same actor, Gary Files. But I do love the way they've realised this jungle here. I, I love this whole feel of uh, the area around this uh, Eastern, Eastern Alliance complex. It's a long way from, like, the jungles of, say, Supercar or even into, like, Stingray and Thunderbirds. It just feels like there's this endless, vast, inhospitable waste of vegetation and swamp. 410. Confirm complex is complete. We'll pass detailed description later. Operation Tiger commences in 10 days. Map references... IFS 104827. Oh, there's that IFS, International Fixed System, that was uh, mentioned a lot in Anderson shows around this time in films, Thunderbird 6 most notably. Did you send that report to HQ? Yes, sir. It went off this afternoon. Good. And here's a couple of uh, good chaps. We know they're good chaps because they're Westerners, not like those uh, dirty right. Eastern people. Right. Very naughty. What do you want? Take me to the military intelligence. It's vital. Yeah, these are border guards or check checkpoint soldiers or something. Who's in charge here? Calm down, sir. Can I see your identification? I must see someone in authority. Oka has made the mistake of standing with his back to a window. Get outside and see if you can see anything. Sir. Yes, sir. I'll go outside and risk getting shot, sir. Brilliant idea. Well, that's it. Oka is dead. But, um... Well, he's got a sonic screwdriver. That's going to be relayed to WIN. Professor, Joe, I'd like you to listen to this. When you go to buy your tea, look for the pack on which you see Punjanity, Punjanity. This fine blend deserves its fame. Because no other tea tastes just the same. Punjanity. Maybe not. Hours 410. Confirm complex is complete. Operation Tiger commences in 10 days. Out. What does it mean, Sam? FEZ was the code name of one of our agents working in the Far East, number 26. He was killed at the border. At that scrap of information together... Now, this is something I, I like about this show's... Uh, our worst fears. It's, its use of spy motifs. It, um, unlike Thunderbirds with Lady Penelope... It does make being a spy seem extremely dangerous. They intend to put a nuclear device into orbit around the Earth in 10 days' time and hold the world a ransom. 
I mean, not just for things like that, but in terms of the actual like agents that you send in. Operation Tiger. Very few of them in this show ever come out. Very sometimes some of them come out and they end up in hospital. Uh, even Joe doesn't escape unscathed, and I really like that with this show is that they are sending people off on basically suicide missions almost. I mean, FEZ has been sent to the Far East, and uh, okay, he got the information back, but. Uh, he had a very hard time doing it and uh, and ultimately died. So it was, uh, well, I think it's very commendable. This, this show, again, we're riding on the uh, the sort of Bond mania of the time, the spy craze, but we're uh, we're not going to glamorize this. And, and especially um, considering this is a kid's show. Detail a series of modifications to be carried out on the VG-104. The work must have absolute... It's extremely realistic in a way that it probably didn't need to be, but I thoroughly appreciate that it is. WIN will have our complete cooperation. Just one thing. If you could tell me a little more about the operation, I could decide on the pilot to be assigned to you. That won't be necessary, General. Mr. Louvain, the VG-104 is the most complex aircraft flying today. Ooh. It takes an experienced pilot a year to master it. You have to use one of our men. Well, don't worry, General. WIN will supply the pilot with all the knowledge and experience required. Even if we have to steal it from someone's brain. Yes, Joe. He shouldn't be much longer. Meanwhile, in our um, stealing people's thoughts department, Joe and Mac are waiting for this chap to leave in his car. That's from his house. And this is another Captain Scarlet regular, Dr. Fawn, who's been given a, a snazzy moustache for his appearance as... Amazing what you see on the roads these days. Fearless Foley, ex-World Air Force pilot. And uh, I think this moustache that they've given him now stays with the puppet for the rest of his career. He's wearing this when he's uh, Saunders in the Secret Service. Blast, he didn't give a signal. Well, we were going to force him off the road, Dad. All right, Joe. We'll take a shortcut and catch him up. Ah, oh, that's it. Joe 90 and Professor McLean licensed to just do whatever the hell they want. Hey! This is nice. Again, this is a padding sequence in an episode that has, you know, a couple of padding sequences. But it's nice when it's backed by this music. So having taken the wrong turn, Joe and Mac, they're just going to take the jet air car. There he is, Dad. Over the fields until they catch up with him. I won't, Joe. It's a straight road with no turn-offs. I'll aim for the tyres, Dad. Good, Joe. It's nice as well, considering that I couldn't play the opening titles because it was easier to cut them. I thought they took the other road. We get to hear the theme anyway, which is always nice because it makes me so happy. What's that madman trying to do? It's trying to overtake you before you crash off the edge of the set. A, again, another one of those shots from behind of a vehicle accelerating along a road, and uh, there's clearly no road. Man! Man! At the edge of the set, at least in HD. Be angry, Dad. Be careful. Only to be expected, Joe. Bring the portable recorder. Right, Dad. So. What are you playing at? It could have been a serious accident. Yeah, this is quite unusual. Joe and, and Mac just... Uh, road. My name's Professor. They're not being placed in a position where they can naturally acquire this guy's brain pattern. So they've gone out into the, the world just to, to hunt him down and. Uh, with the steel nerve and lightning reaction. Record him out in the open. Handle the situation. Dad, this gentleman isn't. 
He couldn't be Fearless Foley, could he? Oh, it's the papers, you know, these ridiculous nicknames they give people. That's not the point. I do like this character, actually. It's a shame he's only in this one scene because... Uh, of course, I will pay him. He is very believable as this... Um, I think that... As this guy who's a former pilot who's clearly... Called your brain pattern. Oh, dear. Then I can fly a VG-104 just like you. Clearly fed up of his own legend. Pattern? I don't understand. It the foreign puppet actually made a nice sort of sideways glance to Joe just there. Unbalanced. Like, oh no, you've recognised me. Thank you for obliging my son. He works for world intelligence. <laughs> you know. <laughs> really? <laughs> and again, that reaction, it's a perfect blend of great voice acting and a great look for a puppet. And again, I, I do like the look of the Dr. Form puppet. That's it. His brain being recorded. Being added to the list of the many brains that we have recorded without consent. But it's all in a good cause, ultimately. Mostly. Uh, hello, Mag. Joe. Is something wrong, Uncle Sam? The VG-104 won't be ready till 24 hours before that enemy rocket's due to blast off. Oh, no. It's cutting it pretty fine, Sam. That's worse. Intelligence reports that they've moved in ground-to-air missiles. The defenses were already formidable. It's going to be one of the most dangerous assignments you've ever undertaken, Joe. I'll try not to let you down, Uncle Sam. Yeah. I'll try to save the world, if possible. He's not going to make any promises. Oh, this is nice as well. Again, I, I like this this setup of this base as I've said before I like I think that um, a lot of it as well takes place in at night that always does does wonders for the effects in these things makes the world seem uh, much more believable Joe is now being brained up oh that was odd we heard the uh yeah, we heard the sound of the rat trap opening before it even stopped, and then we heard it again when it did open. Hmm. Well, Joe, you now have the brain patterns of the most experienced pilot of the VG-104 in the World Air Force, and that of an expert on the Eastern Alliance defense systems. Correct, Mac. Lucky you. Right, let's get to that final briefing. Shane Weston seems to have disappeared, considering how important this all is. He wasn't even in his office earlier. Missions have been carried out, Mr. Luber. Extra fuel tanks, special adaptive... Ah, a map of the world. Firepower all round. Right down to the tiger on the nose. Thank you, General. Well, as soon as your pilot arrives, we can begin. He's here already. You mean yourself, Mr. Luber? No, I mean Joe. This mission requires specialised knowledge and experience. No one man possesses it. Take it from me, General. Joe does. If I didn't have a written order from the world president himself... Ooh, world president mentioned... I'd call the whole mission off. But you have. So let's begin. All right. If you will look at the map, the VG-104 will fly on a direct route to here. Although the aircraft has been fitted with extra fuel tanks, the added payload of bombs and rockets will make it necessary to refuel. Refuel! The method will be used, I presume? Uh, yes. Again, a nice double take from that, that puppet there. This is the... Uh, oh, International Fix System, yes. Uh, this is the uh, Major Gravener puppet that we saw many times in Captain Scarlet. As WIN have insisted on keeping the exact location of the rocket base a secret, presumably the rest of the route has been plotted by members of your staff. It's all been taken care of. Very well. 
We will use communications wave band 1524. Your code name is Tiger. Don't giggle. General, you have made each point quite clear. Well, I don't pretend to even begin to understand all this, but a heavy responsibility rests on your shoulders, young man. The future of the world could well be in your hands. I like the voice that Jeremy Wilkin is doing for that character there. Also how accepting he is of uh, Joe's going out to, to save the world. Bit, uh, bit confused by the thing at first, but ultimately, nah, he's on board with it. It's that, I don't know what you call that, um, that voice where there's sort of, we're having trouble pronouncing our R's. It kind of fits the, uh, a, a military airbase commander. It's sort of a throwback to the old days of the, the Biggles-ish pilots of Thunderbirds, again with uh, Fearless Foley's moustache there, that was quite reminiscent of that too. That's it. There he goes. Good luck, Joe. Be careful, son. Off to save the world. And those naughty eastern people and their naughty rockets. Tiger to base, levelled off at 50,000. On course, out. Yeah, the use of the Tiger call sign in, in this episode isn't quite as funny as it is in uh, Spectrum Strikes Back. You're right, Sam. Let's get back to the cottage. Yes. Uh, this Sam Louver must regard this as a very cushy number. Now he's got Joe. He he gets to spend so much time sat on his backside at the coffee at the coffee at the cottage, drinking coffee and tea, having biscuits. It's wonderful for him. Well, he should be making the refueling rendezvous about now. Yeah. He won't switch to the wind wave band until he crosses the enemy coast. Yeah, here's another sequence of uh, of padding. Again, it, it's nicely realistic that Joe would have to have a mid-air refueling um, halfway there. Tiger to tanker. I have visual contact. Coming in for rendezvous. Understood. Out. But there's no real... There's no real sort of weight or drama to this beyond the lovely music and the, uh, the lovely models. Um... I'm afraid uh, refueling scenes for me have been, uh, well, if you've ever seen uh, a little movie called The Starfighters, which most of you won't have seen, um, yes, uh, my thoughts on refueling, refueling scenes are uh, very low. Damn, the waiting. Now they've got tea. He'll be overflying the coast any minute. They've broken out their best china for the tea. He's alone against the enemy. Oh, well. More tea. Thanks, boys. Be seeing you. Good luck, Tiger. Oh. See, there's no snickering. This was back in the days where you could call someone Tiger and there was no snickering. Uh, again, I think that's the last time we hear Tiger. It's not, it, it really isn't as, as bad as it uh, ends up sounding in Spectrum Strikes Back. Some lovely under control uh, work on the Joan puppet there. Because they're tilting the, they're moving the, the plane cockpit set and obviously Joe's being worked from below the puppeteer is having to accommodate that movement I've got the picture Sam he's got one hand on the the controls and another on his radio and more lovely reused stingray music as the Eastern Alliance once again open up their secret rocket base lovely stuff I think this is my uh well, if not my absolute favourite piece of Stingray music, it's, it's definitely up there. I love the soundtrack for The Big Gun, which is the episode this comes from. 
again, just shows how versatile the music for Stingray was in particular because it's used so often in all the later shows. 38 miles from Target. That's it, Joe is, is on his way. Just crossing over this bleak, inhospitable, far eastern terrain, I really like how isolated and remote and dangerous this feels. Little perimeter stations, little radar towers and such. As he gets closer. But uh, I wonder how things are going in Marineville. Yeah, there's no disguising that music, is there? Eight miles, seven. But it's lovely to hear it again. It's it's nice that they feel enough time has gone by that we could maybe reuse this as something that isn't Marineville related, but it's the Marineville battle stations, isn't it? And the commander of this base is the uh, the Captain Brown puppet, who seems to have been sort of um, mutilated somewhat into uh, to having a, a sort of Asian appearance. But I. I believe there would have been several Captain Brown puppets, so it probably wasn't the original. I think we probably see the original again after this episode anyway. But now, Joe is under fire. You were right, Sam. I think I've woken them up. Ooh. I do love as well the uh, the, the shots of the, the Joe's jet in the sky as the explosions are going off around it. Quite tell what, what what it is about these explosions, but they almost look. I don't know. They almost look like they're not on the image as such. But they definitely are. They just look slightly superimposed at times. I think it's just maybe they're happening so close to the camera that uh, the perspective is a bit off. Sam, they're bound to hit me sooner or later. Listen, Joe. You've got to get that rocket. It's fueled, ready for blast off. One direct hit should do it. Yeah. Okay, Sam. I'm going in again. Sounds like a really easy mission. But uh, the ground forces are not making it easy for him. And I believe this episode was uh, was one that was uh, translated into... Well, not translated, but adapted into one of those sort of... Uh, is it 8mm film reels? Which I suppose is... I love that Captain Brown puppet spouting a complete nonsense. Um, yeah, I suppose it's a very basic Joe story in the same way that the same section of Business Holiday is. Joe goes to blow up a, an enemy base. That's basically all the story is. And he has succeeded. He's hit the missile. And now the base is very slowly going up in flames. There is a deleted shot here, I think, that uh, appears... Oh, maybe maybe it wasn't adapted to 8mm. Maybe it was uh, on uh, Viewmaster. But there is a shot that doesn't appear in the episode of the base commander with his hands over his head as debris is falling on top of him, which uh, sounds suitably violent for this show. I wouldn't have minded seeing that. But regardless, Joe has saved the day, blown up the enemy base, saved the world, in fact. And it's all in a day's work. Mission accomplished. The base is totally destroyed. Yeah, thinking about it, I think it probably was just a Viewmaster set and not a, an 8mm thing. Fine, Mac. I'll be home for breakfast. Breakfast? It's 2am here. I'm going to bed. Out. Breakfast? Oh, no, no, no. You've got school in the morning, young man. 
Well, as Joe flies off into the sunset, that was Attack of the Tiger, and uh, I really like that one, as obviously I really like most Joe 90 episodes. That is somewhat uh, a very basic idea. You know, Joe goes off to blow up another enemy base, and to be fair, we've, we've seen that several times before. But I think what makes this work is um, some of the side moments, particularly the side characters, uh, you know, Fearless Foley, that's a nice little detour that adds a little to the story, not much, but it's a nice moment. I do especially really like, though, the uh, the, the Eastern Alliance base, that, that the, the way they make that immediate area feel so inhospitable and so dangerous. They say this is the Far East, and it really feels about as far out as, um, as Joe would ever be sent on a mission. It feels really hostile and inhospitable and dangerous, and it doesn't make the spy thing look glamorous. It makes it look down and dirty and, and real. It's almost sort of bordering on something like the sandbaggers in that sense, what we see um, FEZ going through. So yeah, I really like that, that establishing landscape of, of that base, and uh, you know, some nice action from Joe's nice explosions. He saves the day, he saves the world, because of course he does. He's Joe 90, and he's absolutely brilliant well oh, who doesn't like a bit of joe 90 well because it was joe obviously i wandered <laughs> off and what i've discovered is that chris was not yeah. in fact doing semaphore right i think he was, was he was doing his washing and yeah. um i think his dryer's broken so actually oh, it was two pairs of y fronts <laughs> which right, he was okay. waggling not- around to try and dry oh. Oh, that makes yeah, makes complete sense. Yeah, of course so it does. Chris, I'm sorry for getting that wrong. It wasn't yeah. semaphore. No, it was pant drying. <laughs> right, and that's the first time you'll hear those words in that particular order anywhere ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be uh, breaking it, it, new ground, isn't it? It wasn't semaphore. It was pant drying. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know. Anyway, yeah, far yeah. more interesting than Joe 90, obviously, but I'm sure lots of you who do like Joe 90 enjoyed uh, Attack of the Tiger and all that Chris had to say about mm. it. Did you, Richard James? Oh, yeah, of course. I do like Joe 90, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not my favourite, but uh, yeah, I enough. don't mind watching a bit of Joe 90. Okay, well, good for you. That's Again, again yeah. it's the, the art of agreeing to disagree, which is so often it's lost these right. days. Um, yes, I'm true. more than happy for you to completely love it, and you should be more yeah. than happy for me not to. Uh, yeah, right. Okay, all right. <laughs> Defensive. <laughs> yeah, a bit orcs. Richard, yeah. any uh, other messages from our lovely listeners yeah. that you want to share? Yeah, because I tell you what, I'm going to head on over to our YouTube channel now, uh, where people have been posting beneath the recent tech talk video this one was about the uh, spectrum patrol car this is a great new series isn't it narrated by uh, john culshaw uh wonderful voice actor and uh yeah so uh, great stuff uh now uh, that's interesting i didn't put a name there did i so i don't know who this is great stuff i've always liked the spc uh, says this unknown poster whose name i forgot to write down uh jeff's voice is very good and i like the tie-in to move and you're dead Thanks for keeping Jerry's work in our minds, although the special effects team must get a lot of the credit too. There were some great clips used throughout the briefing, and this makes me really appreciate the work that went into Super Mario Nation. I hope that one day we'll see a new production. Who knows? Uh, yeah, Mark FX says, Oh, 45 years just disappeared, and I was back in my childhood with eyes pinned to the TV screen. Mr. K, uh, this is an interesting name, says, Very glad to see the return of Tech Talk. Spectrum Patrol Car is my favourite Century 21 road vehicle, bar none. Mm. And that, but the other side of the coin, Sebus Webber's posted, These things aren't safe enough. They don't have enough grip, and any time you see one going remotely fast around a corner, the back kicks out. This could potentially be dangerous, and as we've seen before, the SPC isn't very safe during crashes. Also, there's a huge blind spot in the windscreen. It's true. All right. It's true. All right. 
Yeah. You know, safety first, safety first. Safety first in all things. Uh, and finally, over on Twitter, John tweeted, uh, Blue Origin booster capsule landing is so Jerry Anderson Fireball XL5 or Thunderbirds. Yeah, we haven't really spoken about the news that uh, William Shatner went up into no. very near space uh, this week on uh, Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin capsule. Yes, and he was quite moved uh, by it, wasn't he? I've heard, I've heard a few clips and interview bits. Amazing. Stephen Michael Kellett says the future looks not like that imagined by Gene Rodenbury, but rather that imagined by Robert Heinlein, Ben Bova and Jerry Anderson. If you watched the Blue Origin launch and didn't see callbacks to Thunderbirds in it, then you have some cultural research to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And a lot of people say yeah. it. You know, there's uh, you have to wonder. It's it's immeasurable, as in not ma- so massive it can't be measured, but impossible to, to, to measure it. The influence yeah, yeah. that those shows have had yeah. in directly changing the course of um, mm. of how things are designed and what people feel is possible. So yeah. amazing stuff. Yeah, extraordinary. And uh, finally on Twitter, uh, this is in, uh, a response to the news of the uh, uh, the deep fake, let's call it, documentary. Jerry Anson, an uncharted life. Uh, John Painter, who's obviously a Bond fan, posted, well, if they can deepfake Jerry Anderson for a new documentary, we can do it with Ian Fleming. It doesn't need much of an AI, just one that understands the three-girl formula and the recipe for a pretty decent vodka martini. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So yes, all for now, but uh, if you're on Twitter, do hashtag us Jerry Anderson Podcast, and uh, I'll read out your tweets next time. Marvellous. I look forward to all those. Thank you all for writing in and commenting and stuff, and thank you to those who've uh, rated, reviewed, and subscribed uh, we've had a yes. few uh, reviews over the last couple of weeks so i'm going to oh, go yeah. through those in due course and pick them out unless you've done it already no no good no, I haven't. that's fine well i'm <laughs> going i'm going to do it after this recording and then we will um uh, we'll email the winners of uh, some special prizes next week so uh, we'll let you know very soon but uh, for now please do continue to write us nice reviews and say nice things because we do really appreciate yeah. it we really do it's it's our main fuel for doing the podcast in fact so don't let us run on fumes, for goodness sake. Uh, but also, if you've got any questions or thoughts, email us podcast at jerryanson.com. We'll be back next week with pod 176. Yep. <laughs> Just checking yes. you were agreeing. Go on. <laughs> uh, but until then, have a lovely week, and we hope your ear is not too clammy. Goodbye. Oh, yes, that would never do. Ta-ra! Clammy. We're back to the clammy ears again now. Yeah, cla- hashtag clammy ears. Hashtag clammy ears, uh, sweaty deep, thumbs. Deep fake dad. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Terrible. Deep fake dad. Yeah, so this this week I <laughs> yeah. will be doing two days of the deep fake filming. So right. in case you're interested. Now, or, or, yes. or, or are you going to make a, a little joke there or something? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't going to make a joke. No, merely an inquiry. I'd love to know how that works. So we have a fantastic actor standing in as dad, uh, Roly Hyde. And ah, so these will be the pictures that we've seen. Yes, I think, so the online. pictures you've seen are Roly. There's there's no deep yeah. faking in the pictures online. No. That's just Roly. Yeah, and Roly will sit in front of the camera and he will lip sync yes. 
to audio segments that we've got and edited together and, and cleaned up. Ah. And then once that's done, that goes off to Christian, who's doing the AI work to the deep fake. Yeah. yeah. And then the AI will, I think it does two passes. In the first pass, it replaces the head, the whole head shape. Gosh. And in the second pass, it replaces the face. Gosh. And so you end up with, you know, a near as, a near as damn it, as Dad would say, approximation. Yeah. And so he'll, he'll be on camera. Now, we're, we're doing a special thing to show, to illustrate when it's not real footage. Because we, you know, we're, we're not making him say anything he ever said. He said these things. We've got them on, on yeah, record. I so see. it's his audio. Yeah, yeah. But yes. there will be a device on screen which shows when it's deepfake so that you always know... Yes, because we're not good. trying to con anyone. We just no. You know, we just want you to to see and engage with the words in a different way. So it's quite exciting. It is exciting, and I suppose the only way really that we could get this, or you could get this audio footage out in a sort of presentable manner. Really, I mean, yes, you could, you could have uploaded it and put it online somewhere or in the yeah. podcast or something, but it's not quite the same, is it? No, it's not the same. And you can you can you know put up kind of caption on screen and do lots of cutaways and stuff, but. I think when someone's telling a story which is so personal, and so many of these things that really are, goodness mm. me, they are so touching, some so painful to hear. Yeah. It just adds something to have the person sort of telling it or as close as we can. So it's 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 quite exciting, it's quite moving, it's gonna be quite challenging to see those yeah. things start to come through. Yeah, no looking forward to it. I mean, yeah. I don't know whether I should tell you this, Jamie. Perhaps now is the time. Yeah. But uh I've actually been deepfake since pod 57. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is that I've not been here at all. Is actually, uh, is that Charlotte there or is it Chris Dale? Yeah, that's Chris Dale. Oh, it's me, Chris Dale. Nice. Yeah. Impressive. I've been, uh, I've been Richard James since pod 57. Amazing. Well, yeah. it's very convincing. <laughs> uh, but you, you joke, but we did speak to a company in the Ukraine that does voice right. driving. Oh no! Right, yeah, okay. That was one step too right. far. We were interested to see what it what it was, but uh, no, one yes. step too far. Uh, so yeah, you, you better watch it. Uh, well, who knows? It, deep yeah, fake it may Mr. have James. happened already. <laughs> is that, <laughs> is that of really us are actually here. Is this, no, that's weird, isn't it? <laughs> I hope we've got some actual real listeners. Well, uh, they're deep fake too. Oh no! Oh, this is a oh. whole a can of worms rabbit hole yes, thing. Let's really not. Is. No, okay, Friday. fine. All right, well, have a great deep fake day and yes, enjoy your fake you and you. coffee and uh, all that. And um, yeah. see, see you next week. I'm just going to go and stare into the yawning chasm of loneliness. <laughs> Bye for now. Bye. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. 